Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and as always, I'm joined by Ann DeSantis. It's a beautiful evening here in Wisconsin. We had a wild sun shower earlier uh, that was pouring, pouring rain, but uh, this, uh, while it was sunny, uh, beyond belief. But anyway, uh, we are here. Uh, the sun is out now, and so thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful episode of Sewing Hope. How are you tonight, Ann? Oh, I'm good. I love summer. Me too. Good to be here with you, Bill. It and is. I'm excited about our guests. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell us about who it is. Yes, we have our friend. And when I say our friend, I mean literally Bill and mine. <laughs> uh, our friend, Steve Bacormi. Bacormi. And he is the founder of Freedom Coaching. The website is freedom-coaching.net. So we're going to be having a discussion this evening on the effects of pornography and Steve has done such wonderful work helping those people who are uh, suffering from an addiction to pornography. And uh, I know we have so much to talk about. Steve, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Ann and Bill, it's an honor to be here tonight to be able to share a little bit about this, uh, this great and marvelous work God is doing. That's right. And he is doing marvelous work because you're, you are helping people to get away from something that... Uh, interrupts their relationship with God. And I think uh, being that you are a Catholic ministry, that's what it's all about. It's reconnecting, helping to reconnect souls to Christ um, and away from things that really block and hinder their relationship with him, if I'm correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, and even obviously the component, the interruption of that relationship with God is definitely present, but also it's obviously our interruption of our relationship with others, which we meet, especially, you know, I encounter in this ministry, a lot of married men um, who, whose marriages are on the brink. I encounter women who just do not see the, the dignity, um, their own dignity and their own worth. Uh, and then also, especially within ourself, right? There's a, uh, if we are not living what we call a sexually integrated life, right? Where our body and soul are not integrated, where those, our emotions are not integrated into the whole of ourselves and the, des the great desires to love, if those are not integrated in us. Then I like to use the phrase frayed. We begin to feel very frayed in, in like a, a piece of cloth that is being torn asunder. That's what we feel like inside for many, many people who have an attachment to, to pornography. And it keeps them, keeps us from the, uh, attaining and living the deepest desires of our heart. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I, I, you know, you're spot on, Steve. I, I want to ask you a little bit about your personal journey and how you came to that awareness of understanding that. Uh, would you just share our with our listeners a little bit about your personal journey to that? Because I know you do so much work in this uh, now, and you've done amazing work, um, you know, in this area. Uh, even even with a uh, uh, great book, uh, you know, Redeemed Vision, which you authored. But uh, let's let's just talk about your personal journey a little bit here. Sure. So I'd like to start out with I, I grew up in a family of mom, dad, brother. I didn't have a dog. I had a dog for a long time, so I was doing okay. Our dog just passed away in our family after 12 years. Um, oh. So everything was great up until I was five years of age. And my uh, my dad um, came from the perspective that uh, the best thing he can do to provide for our family would be financially. And one of the he he was of the opinion 
for whatever reason uh, that he wants to get rich quick. And so we wanted a better house in the stock market. My mom and dad said, uh, my dad's, my mom said, no, my dad said, I'm gonna do it anyway. So he bet his, he bet our uh, house on the stock market. It lost, we thought it lost. And um, so we thought the best way to take care of our family at that point would be by killing himself. So he went into the garage, he closed the garage door. Um, and when my mom pulled him out, his short-term memory uh, was gone. So I grew up with my father, essentially, uh, I fatherless. I was fatherless because my father was in a nursing home. I didn't really know him. It was very awkward to be around him. I was very uncomfortable. And um, then fast forward to when I was 17, doctors discovered my dad was um, uh, was losing a lot of weight. And he was um, uh, he had developed brain and lung cancer. And he didn't have much time left, got transferred to a hospice up in Cleveland, Ohio. And I sat down with him all by myself. And I was just real with him. And I said, dad, you left us. You walked out of mom. You abandoned our family. And for a brief moment, uh, his eyes kind of cleared up. And he said, I know. And it was the first time in my life I began forgiving my father. And three weeks later, less than three weeks, three feet away, I lost my father for the second time. Now, to understand why I bring up that story is because that fatherlessness impacted profoundly my development as a man, my development as a, a young boy growing into uh, my, my male body, growing into my, my male sexuality. Um, it, identity is, is key to that. And so my father wasn't present there. There were other men that tried to take the place of that. And it was... Um, they, they tried as best they could. My, my own paternal grandfather, a, a neighbor across the street, uh, he's the one who taught me how to ride my bike. Um, other, I had a big brother and big brothers, big sisters. Um, but still, that father wound went, went deep, went very deep. And, and there was this deep, huge ache and search for love. And one of the ways in which uh, I tried to get that filled was when pornography was exposed to me. Exposed uh, first when I was in sixth grade, walking down the street, uh, six houses, seven houses down, crossing the street. Uh, there's a, a bag, a brown paper bag. I open it up. There's torn up pieces of, of pornography. It's like, uh, you know, a piece of forbidden fruit dropped just for me, right? And then fast forward as I, uh, one of my friends, uh, his, from his parents' collection, he would share with me some videos. And I'm seeing these videos and I'm attracted to them because there's a natural attraction here in, in a sense, but the way in which it's being presented wasn't anything but healthy. And instead of being filled with joy and peace and love, what, what should be in healthy marital intimacy, there was instead this, the beginning seeds of guilt, of shame, of self-hatred and this disgust of myself began to get planted in me. And pretty soon I would get hooked on this. And all through high school, there was on and off. This is right as the internet was becoming uh, more and more popular. Um, and into college, into seminary, as I left seminary, this was a part of me. And I thought this would, I will never be free from this. I was like a woman who 30 years after experiencing an abortion, who after partaking in the death of her child, going to confession week after week, hearing she's forgiven, but couldn't forgive herself. I thought I will never be free. I will never be done with this. Well, let's just say God had other plans because I was led to a place. Some of us listen to this are familiar. It's Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio, where on uh, most Saturdays, we're now in COVIDville, so I'm not sure what they're going to do this year, but we'll find out. Um, mm -hmm. They have uh, once a month they have um, festivals, uh, festivals of praise, where there's songs and there's some prophecy and word, word of God that is spoken. And one of those um, would profoundly impact me from Isaiah 43:19 that said, "It says, Behold, I'm doing something new. Do you not perceive it? These streams of living water will begin to flow." For you see, Bill and Ann, I was drinking from the septic tank, the septic tank of our culture for so long. And all I thought was because of my programming, that's all there is. But God wanted more from me, right? I had gone through a bunch of religious training. I'd been to four years of seminary, three years minor, one year major, and thought I knew it all. But it's not about knowing in head so much as it is being known to allow the Father to know me. And two weeks later, because I've been going to daily mass, moved to gratitude for what Christ had been doing for me. 
on a particular Wednesday, it happened. Boom, 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 boom. These chains hit the floor. And for the first time in my life, I experienced a tangible, real transformation of the movement away from lust into genuine love. And I heard from the first time those most important words that all of us need to hear in our own way. You, Stephen, are my well-beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I'm thinking to myself, me? You're pleased with me after everything that I've done, after all the running I've done, after all the using of all of your beautiful daughters? Yeah, he wanted all of it. And these, as these chains are falling from me and realizing that I am loved beyond measure, what would transpire in the next, next four months or so was this genuine internal freedom, this genuine freedom from the desire to look with lust. And it was really present to me. I was, I'd be searching online and I mean, like uh, doing what I should be doing online and nothing, no, nothing coming up. Well, four weeks, uh, well, as I mentioned, that lasts about four, uh, four, um, uh, four months. And then I, like Peter, I took my eyes off in Jesus and I, um, I, I fell back into the septic tank. And I thought, does this discount what happened to me? Because it was real. It was real, tangible. It was completely uh, legitimate. And it's because he wanted mm. to get to the root, the root of all of this. And uh, through a series of events um, led to three uh, very wholesome things. Uh, one was called theophastic prayer, where the emotions that we feel are smoke that leads to a fire. And there was a lot of healing that happened over time through that. Red, I was led second to something called intensive trauma therapy, where there was, um, the, it sounds scary, it's not, it's writing and drawing, a whole lot of my guilt and shame. I'd never processed my work about pornography um, in there. And so much of that was, was wiped out. And third, discovering the truth about the human body, right? I'd studied a lot about theology of the body and that knowledge is really important, but it's a lived experience, especially being able to learn how to see the body correctly especially through what the church presents to us in the beauty of its teachings, but the beauty of its artwork, being able to see the body. So I, I come here tonight and we're, we're starting off perhaps uh, with, a, with a bang, uh, as a man who would rather be crucified than lust. And I have no desire for this stuff. Like, and it's not, and I'm not, I'm not a, an unusual case, or at least I shouldn't be. And, and this is the, uh, from this healing, I, in 2011, being able to found Freedom Coaching, a process, the whole process of kind of what I did, able to simplify it and, and be able to solidify it for clients and to be able to see countless men and women uh, walk in genuine freedom. And uh, it's an honor. It's a privilege. It's my, I like to say, my divinely ordained penance. So if this is my way to get into purgatory... <laughs> what a beautiful story. Incredible story. Thank you so much Very for your beautiful. courage. Very beautiful. I love to hear your story. And I think that people who are listening do too. Because Steve, you're genuine. And I know that um, it comes through in the way that you just described everything. And, and first of all, I just want to thank you for being so honest. It's not easy to talk about something like this. And not only that, you've made it your ministry. So uh, I just uh, thank you from my heart and, for, and also from, I'm sure, some of our listeners who are feeling and thinking the same thing, that it isn't an easy topic, but it's a topic that needs to be discussed because it's not just your problem, Steve, right? I mean, it's a major, major problem for so many uh, many think that it's just men, but it's also women too. So, and I know that you know that just from the work that you do. Uh, it's probably most more maybe on the male side, but there are some uh, women also who have um, experienced this addiction. So it's freedom-coaching.net. I'm inviting people to take a look at your at Steve's website, Steve Picorni. He says on his website, "Dream with us." Imagine your world without a, an attraction to pornography with the freedom to see others in light of what is true, good, beautiful, and unifying. We believe nothing is impossible. That's so beautiful. Amen. Amen. And, and I think 
I think this is an important point, and thank you for, uh, you honor me, Ian and, and Bill, and, and being able to share on this. Um, and I think there's lots of ways we can we can go with this. I think there's a, especially in the world we look at, live in right right now, we're in Coronaville. We know that, especially just one example in the Philippines, uh, child, child pornography usage and production has gone up 267%. Um, we know that there's, um, this has become this has been for a long while the number one sin confessed in the confessional except we don't hear it preached from the pulpit right um and and this is a huge issue that's going on and we need to talk about it more is it certainly has been um a male oriented issue but remember we've 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 broken down the differences and the distinctions between the sexes, right? Male and female, let's eviscerate them. That's what the modern world teaches. There is really no difference. If a man wants to be, uh, be like a woman, be like a woman. If a woman wants to be like a man, be like a man. But actually we don't really know what those mean anymore in a certain sense, because we've lost the focal point. So much so as now we've seen that what this is last week, um, some doctor is saying that we should uh, work on getting tra womb transplants for men who feel that they're transgender. Okay, so there's a whole lot of confusion and I argue my proposal is all of those roots and this is again, that's just one issue or two issues, come back to this pornified view of the body, we are failing to see each other in truth, right, just take the issue of, and this is, this is controversial, but let's go there right we we're already on one why not add another one right, the whole issue of, you know, um, the death of George Floyd, right? And then this, this explosion of anger, which some of that is justified, but it's being blamed on merely a race issue. And I'm saying it's not about a black white issue in, in, a, in a very real sense. It's about the fact that we can't see each other's human beings anymore, right? Because the response isn't about destroying the other side, whatever the other side is. No, we are a common brother and sister, right? But if our desires have become eroticized, in a way in which to use other people, then if I can't attain those God-given desires in a right way, then it becomes inverted, then it becomes anger. This is what the whole Trojan War was fought over with Helena of Troy, right? History has a tendency, um, if not repeating itself, at least to be very familiar. And so the, the, the rage here, if we think about in a certain sense, and just the issue of, of some of these race relations that we're putting on here, I make the argument, there, we are the human race. And can we see the human race? Can we see the goodness of who we are first ourselves and then see others as good? Without that vision, literally civilization is called into question. And so all hands on deck on this one. Oh, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, because the vice comes in in such a major way in the hearts of people that vice takes over and virtue just leaves. So uh, it's... It's very good the, what you're doing because you're trying to help people to walk away. And you know what? You can't do that without God. You really cannot. And Steve, I know you know that, um, that you, we need the Lord in order to do this. We need the Lord in order to uh, start a new life in some ways, right? I mean, yeah. uh, look at and with different eyes, with different eyes and hearts. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I know you understand that. Now, I know that one of the things that you mentioned when you and I were communicating a little earlier about this podcast, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about the breakdown of civilization. So I thought maybe you could talk about that and sure. tell us your thoughts. Sure. So let's let's make this very simple. And, and if you want to go deeper into this for anybody who's listening to this, um, I encourage you to go to uh, pick up a copy of Redeem Vision. You can even shoot me an email. Just go to the website, shoot me an email and for $20. I'll give you an autographed copy of the book. And um, the book itself is Redeem Vision, Setting the Blind Free from the Pornified Culture. It's not just for those who are uh, have a compulsion to pornography, but also how do we establish a culture of beauty, truth and goodness? Right. And so chapter four of the of Redeemed Vision goes into the fact of that we are undefining reality. And so there's I'd like to say there's five realities, Bill and Anne, that are that tie reality together. OK, what are those five? Very briefly, it's love, sex, marriage, family and the body. OK, so let's go very briefly. Love itself has been uh, told program for a long time that it's it's whatever I feel it is. Right. So if I feel love, then we must be in love. If, if I don't feel love, then let's cut our losses and let's call it um, irreconcilable differences. Well, 
actually, you put a man and a woman in the same room, that's irreconcilable. Okay, so if you're married, well, get get, get going with that one, right? <laughs> so love, love itself has been moved to merely mere feelings, right? And if it's moved to mere feelings, right? And this is especially what is put off in, in, in the pornified vision. In, uh, and, and again, we gotta, I wanna also, let's take a step back and define pornography appropriately because we haven't done that. Pornography is any image, written or audio it's trying to get us to use another person as a means of my own selfish sexual gratification. And so if we take that definition, this is everywhere. Your, your uh, movies, television shows, on the internet, your magazines as you check out at your local supermarket, right? It's all over the place trying to get us to use another person. Well, none of us want to be used. We want to be loved, which love is a, a, a sincere gift of self. That's what it is. And if love is merely a feeling, which is what we are programmed with this, then if, a, if let's just say, stay on stand the idea that if, if, a, if a guy and a girl have feelings towards each other, right, where the heart goes, the body wants to follow, then we get into sexual relations. And so for a long time, um, we, have, we have undefined the meaning of sex because the meaning of sex is that it's the on a biological reality to unite, uh, to bring two halves of humanity together, to bond them and to open them up to a third bonding in babies. It's pretty simple, right? As my ninth grade biology teacher, Mrs. Johnson, hammered into our heads. And I didn't go, and I didn't go to Catholic school, even though she was Catholic. I went to a public, public school. Now, that wouldn't dare be taught today, right? Because we would offend people, but we're here to offend with the truth and love and bring to conversion. So what are we told by sex? Sex is merely about pursuing as much pleasure as possible with whomever, wherever, how many amount of people as long as you don't get in the way of that, as long as no one gets hurt, right? We've reduced the sexual act to merely what? A matter of consent. Well, if, if it's simply about mere consent, I think this is another reason why we're so empty. We've all been, and I, I argue, we're not oversexed, we're undersexed. We've never been taught the truth about sexuality in mm -hmm. the first place. So there's that second one being undefined. Third is, is that of marriage, right? Well, typically, Historically, it's been, you know, um, first comes love, then comes marriage, right? Then comes the baby and the baby, baby carriage. Well, now it's first comes feelings, then then we'll fool around. And then, you know, if we're not sick of each other, we might think about hooking up for two to three years until we get sick of each other, right? And, and, and because biologically speaking, right, if sex is supposed to be about bonding and babies, we've severed that through the genius miracle of contraception, right? That's what the world says. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Then there is no logical reason for why, it why marriage should be just between a man and a woman. There's no logical connecting thread. Why can't two men or two women? And while we're at it, why stop at two? Why not thr a thruple? Why not six, right? As we're seeing a push yeah. for in many ways, and why an why two adults? Why can't it be an adult and child? As in many cases, they're pushing for this legalization of these things, right? And to or, or why get married to another human? Why not a dolphin? Why not a robot? Why not to myself? These are true <laughs> articles I talk about in the book. Okay, yeah. Um, and it sounds ridiculous, but like I, I might be stepping on somebody's toes here just by speaking the truth of this. But when we look at it logically we see that there's a problem here. So sex has been devolved down to this mere feelings and thus we have stripped it of its genuine meaning. And this is why we find sex meaningless. And this is why uh, we find phrases like, um, if, you're, uh, if you wanna kill your libido, get married. Whereas I say, if you learn how to really study your spouse, so to any man or woman, listen to this, who's married, who's having troubles in your marriage, right? And I know about having troubles in my marriage, right? I could bring my wife in here and. Well, <laughs> um, right, and uh, is is to study your wife. Uh, the sad reality is most of us simply stay on maybe maybe a seventh grade level with our spouse instead of graduating to post doctorate work to study them. That never gets boring. So that's the fourth, third undefining. Fourth undefining here. Uh, reality of life is that of family, right? The typical definition the church teaches: a family is a husband and wife united with their children. I have just become a bigot by saying, making that statement in 2020 in many corners of the world, right? How dare you refuse people who are single mothers as families or, or two men, two women here. But we have to come back to the reality. Where do these children come from? And if you just take, for instance, the University of, University of Austin, where they've done studies, the first longitudinal study of 
same-sex parents of, of the adult children, not the children when they're younger, but the adult children when they grew up, um, they find that they were uh, the, the great experience of loneliness, their developmental problems, their lack of uh, feeling affirmed as, as in their male bodies or their female bodies. Uh, I, I especially encourage people to go over to the Ruth Institute as they've been doing a tremendous amount of work bringing out about the truth on this. And, and we're finding here that I, I take and just use the example of my own story, of the fact my father not being in a picture, I know what it's like to be fatherless. I know what it's like, that ache and that yearning to have that. And, it, and until coming to know God the Father as Father, um, I was searching longing and, and lost in these images. And so with the Father, uh, with these families, this brokenness of families is, is, is epi epidemic everywhere. And if we take the issue of, of the issue of, uh, to use the term of black relations, right? If we're going to solve the problems in our culture, we've got to get back to what is our solution on marriage and family life. Right? Many people don't want to talk about this because once we start creating a definition defining, we've automatically excluded others. And we have to talk about what is best for the human person as made in the image of God. So that's the fourth feature that's been undefined is the family. And the fifth one is the body, right? Um, the two examples I'd like to use to start on this is that of first, if you remember Sonny and Cher, they had a little girl named Chest, mm -hmm. then became known as Chaz Bono. And one of the quotes that's used paraphrasing is once you get in the body that you've desired for so long, I can't, it, you can't imagine how, what it feels like. So mm -hmm. the body, the experience in the body has been reduced down to mere feelings, right? And it's all because we've been blinded by the body. And then one of the most popular ones is what um, Bruce Jenner, right? Who became Caitlyn Jenner, mm -hmm. very, uh, very famous. And from some of his reports, right? It's been Christianity that in a certain sense has held him um, to really experience this regret over mm -hmm. heavens. And this, but and I would want to make the, the, the statement that it's not because of Christianity, but it's because he's made in the image of God down to his DNA, Bruce, and her DNA, chastity. They are male and female. This is our identity. And when we start stripping this, then we get to 71 genders on Facebook. Then we get to things where people say, I want to cut off my ears and my nose so I can become like a parrot. The body becomes merely a thing that we manipulate. And what this is in essence, Ann and Bill, is a disintegration of ourselves. And when we are living a disintegrated life, as I, hinted, I said earlier, the guilt, the shame, the self-hatred, this utter hopelessness comes in and this it is heartbreaking to watch. And then yeah. um, there are uh, there are men like Walt Heyman, who I talk, I think I talk about in the book, um, who lived uh, was a man, uh, lived as a woman for a while, and then discovering oh, yeah. the great tragedy and, and realized how bankrupt this is. And this is a man who was educated in, in quote unquote liberal college in in. Uh, I think it's uh, was it UCLA or it's in California. So he got a, a psychologist degree and, and saw just how how so many of this is about gender dysphoria. And sadly, the matter is because of the fact that we are blinded by pornography, we're blinded by not seeing the body clearly, that these have been blurred, these blurred lines as that old song goes, um, then we are failing to see the goodness of our bodies and the goodness of others and thus anything can go. Well, if our, the way in which we encounter reality is in and through our bodies, we have to come to not just discover our own bodies, but the truth about others' bodies and how to see them as God has created us to be this. Without this, then simply we're, we're, we're lost in the wilderness here. And this is where a lot of people are at. So long description there, but that's where I would, would describe that as. Oh, it's wonderful description and a wonderful, uh, really great perspective. And I think I think a great way of just teaching people um, about that. And I really encourage everyone to go ahead and get a copy of your book, uh, Redeemed Vision. Uh, again, it's very easy to be able to do that. Uh, go over to Freedom Coaching, freedom-coaching.net. Uh, you will uh, be able to, you know, interact with Steve there and, and uh, also get a copy of uh, Redeemed Vision. And and Steve, you know, you talk about so many important parts of, of this, and and 
how do we begin to um, transform culture? Like, I mean, obviously, like you probably just woke up a ton of people. You know, it's like this wake up call. It's like taking the fish out of water, right? Uh, they're like, okay, now, now I understand what what's been going on for you know many many years decades decades uh, of of indoctrination um by by a culture that is that is just progressively getting worse and worse and worse and worse with this issue and it's uh disintegrating culture uh we're not coming together integration right it's disintegration so um how do we then um begin once we recognize this once we realize that this is happening what do we do about it what how do we how do we begin to um, you know breathe again? So let's so Bill, uh, big question. So let's see if we can throw out some genuine answers. And and I'd start with uh, one of my my good friends, Ann DeSantis, uh, likes to say, uh, "God's got to be in the middle of this, and God's got to." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do say that. Right. You say that. So, I do. So obviously, what it first starts with our our first our own relationship with God, right? And 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 ultimately. Um, we who are the baptized, we who are, again, let's start with us, just us Catholics. Let's get our own house in order, right? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you have a genuine relationship with his mother? Are you in love with the sacraments? Do you, do you know that you are a sinner who is redeemed and runs to the arms of the Father, right? This is where it starts out critically, critically important, Right? So start with simple prayers, like two, two simple prayers I would start with. One is, Lord Jesus, fill me with your love. Right? We, are, we are vessels who long to be filled, and we are looking and yearning for love. Second would be, Lord Jesus, reveal to me who I am to share this love with today. Right? If we're filled up, we're taking that first prayer seriously, then we're overflowing. Now, who do we share this with? But in or but so many of us, I think, have been caught up into being human doings instead of being human beings. And to sit at the to be Mary again, to be the Mary instead of the Martha, Martha and Mary, right? Sit at the foot of Jesus to allow Him to love us. And I think because we have been again programmed by all these notions that if I don't have these certain sex appeal, then uh, my value and my worth is not present, and that's a lie. It's a lie. Because uh, just ask in, in, in a room of any women, and you, I'm going to pick on you because you're, you're the one woman here present, right? Mm -hmm. and would you rather be be looked at or seen? Well, you always wanted to be looked at as a, as a human being. And I know that that was part of one of the questions that you, we were going to talk about. Looking at me as a, a, a child of God. So looked at when I, you don't want to be looked at. Correct. Correct. You don't so, want to be looked at. Yep. And what you hope I answer like, that right. <laughs> well, no, but, but the answer you're giving Anne, is absolutely right. What you're describing is being seen to be seen mm -hmm. for who I am. Like the four deepest desires of the human heart are to see and be seen, to love and be loved by another's loving gaze mm. and to reciprocate that. We long for that. We yearn for it. It first must come from our heavenly father, right? Through the, the love of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? This is part of our baptismal call, okay? Now, obviously, so many of us are coming from broken situations of marriage and family life, right? We're, we, we, and this is why we have not experienced this. I, I, I've, I, that's my part of my story. It's a part of the story of many of my clients. Now, what do we do in breaking that break going forward there? First is that relationship with God. Second, if we are, if we're, obviously, if we're into pornography, we need to ditch it. Any of this stuff, we need to get rid of it, right? But there's that that attachment piece, right? How going forth from then. So it is knowing we're loved, and in as a as a parent, as a, well, I'll get, I'll get to parents in, in in a minute, right? Is first off, I would say is establish a gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. Okay, there's an acronym I use with clients called Blasted. Blasted stands for bored, lonely, hungry, angry, stressed, tired, turned on, emotional, depressed. That pretty much covers most of the uncomfortable emotions that lead people to do stupid things or lead to stupidville, not stupidville, stupidville. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, to our friends out there in Steubenville, Ohio, right? <laughs> a shout out here from the class of 2005, right? So, so it's gratitude. It's, it's either gratitude's going to dominate our life 
or it's going to be blasted. And when we're grateful for something, we, our life, it opens up more, right? And what, and what is the source and summit of our faith? Eucharist. Which translates? Real presence of Jesus. Thanksgiving from the Greek. Thanksgiving. You are what you eat, right? Mm. Right. This is the source of our of our faith, right? So if we establish this gratitude, the things that 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 pull us down, they 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 stop, or or it becomes much more difficult to pull us down, right? Yeah. And finding, especially being grateful for the difficult, challenging moments. This is the first piece of homework that I give to every client out of the box, and that begins to change the way in which they deal with it. Second, second thing is obviously with the um, our our emotions, right? Our emotions are are a big part of this. So start with gratitude, but then also is simply asking a very simple question, and I, and I recommend seven times a day. Set your alarm seven times a day. What am I feeling? What am I feeling? Mm-hmm tap into that because many times we simply go we're not tapping into who we are and especially as guys right bill i don't know if this is true for you um right we're we're like i'm not gonna touch my emotions what are you talking about it's crazy <laughs> talk right that's a beer um right <laughs> so <laughs> right um, but, but but we're, we're whereas i have seen an experience here whereas many of my clients are are intellectually very intelligent they're emotionally stunted and it's because mm-hmm. of the, this trapping of these emotions through, through traumas. And so to unlock those, to begin to unlock those is to begin to ask, simply ask that simple question, what am I feeling? Where am I at? Even print out a simple sheet of, of emotions to simply ask that question. And, and if there's any of those uncomfortable emotions, any of those things that would be trigger emotions, right? And, and you, if you're examining yourself, you can figure that out, go into gratitude. This is going to go a long way to be being able to put it into the right perspective, right? And there's a lot of other elements, other other ways, right? And especially if if we've been living a pornified life lifestyle for a long time, we've been into pornography for a long time. These are things that don't just go away. We have to process and work through them. It's a form of trauma, and this is another thing of of, of going through emotions on individual experiences, is a big part of the first stage in freedom coaching that we do. And so many clients find a ton of release from that. Um, even clients who have gone to other psychologists or counselors and things like that. So this is a this is a big point of that because I think a lot of us don't take care of ourselves emotionally. We're 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 on the go. I think we're 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 so frazzled about trying to pay the bills and trying to keep up with the Joneses, perhaps or, or whatever. Instead of coming back to what is my identity first and. and and in, in relation to God, and then also where am I at? Where am I at? And taking that time there. Yeah. I don't know if you want to no, jump you're, in on there. You're, no, you're I think it's. Right. I love. I love the work that you're doing because it combines faith with something that is very destructive to human beings. And I know that you are uh, focusing on the faith aspect of of this with your clients. Uh, who are Catholic. I don't know, uh, Steve, if you ever get people who are Christians or other denominations that ever come to you, but all it helps everyone. I mean, I'm thinking because uh, we all have some kind of relationship with God, even if we don't know what that is, right? I mean, even if we're not aware, God is still there. He's still a part of our life, even if we're not walking with him. And I'm sure that you have encountered that in some of the relationships that you've had with your clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think if we don't, if we don't have that, so again, going back that, that would be the first, first part of that, 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 that relationship with God, getting that, that right here. Um, and this again, on, on traditional Catholicism, I would not discount the power of the rosary, right? This is a mm. very important thing. I would, I would argue any solution to the pornified culture is going to come in and through her. She is the most beautiful woman ever. If you could make your own mother, how would you make her? perfect that's where mary is right and coming to know her love in the power of this like i think the best description of the rosary it's the bible on beads right and it's also uh maybe i like that maybe grace on crack i'm not sure but it's it really (laughs) (laughs) it's it's very very powerful here and i and i know that her her role certainly getting to know her love her motherly love to 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 get to experience her beauty played a major part in my own healing, but I have to make it very clear, especially those who are listening to this, right? Anybody who's had an attachment to this issue, it's not just to pray it away. There are deep wounds here 
that need to be healed and you cannot just whitewash them. You can't simply, a, a mere technique is not gonna solve the problem, mm. right? So yeah. I'm, I'm obviously offering perhaps some, uh, some tactics on here, but we have to go and, and, and it's really a transformation of mind and heart and, and vision that is critically important. Yeah, it takes it takes a long time uh, to to process trauma, um, and and there are some very skilled people doing it, um, and 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 helping others do it, um, and and I just uh, give a quick shout out to all those people who are you know excellent uh, in that in that area, you know different um, you know therapists and things like that. They're, they they do an incredible job to help people process difficult trauma in their lives. And so, um, Steve, I, uh, I, I, I think you're spot on with that. And I think, um, when it comes to, um, you know, continually, continually compounding, um, trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma from childhood, you have a lot to go through. You have a lot to go through. And, and it ends up being that, 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 pornography or any addiction is the is the outlet that you're that you're suffering from these wounds as you mentioned and I think as you um, you know talk about moving people into freedom as you talk about uh, developing the relationships with I I love the line that you just said uh, if you could make your own mother how would you make her you'd make her perfect and and I and I think that if, if people begin to reflect on the Blessed Mother and her perfection, her, her immaculate heart, um, and I think if we begin to look at this as God the Father being the perfect Father, you know, the Blessed Mother being our, uh, you know, sinless uh, Mother, that when, when we begin to reflect on that, and it, 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 it's a healing, it's a healing, there's, you know, agent, God is a healing agent in that in that area because He is a divine physician. He is perfect, and uh, as much as our you know uh, we can bring it bring the topic up of our own parents, right? Um, pa- parents are imperfect people. Our own parents are imperfect people. But they're go- you know they're going to have you know their own sins and their own struggles and their own issues. And welcome to the club. We're here. To, it's called original sin. You know, um, but <laughs> but. But I think, Steve, how you're taking this entire topic and almost flipping it on its head and saying it's about relationship. It's about filling the hole with with the perfect love of God. And that is what's going to, you know, kind of uh, overflow and and dilute and help the um, the compulsion to uh, pornography dissipate in this in 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 the soul is the love of god it's you know transparent in your own story and your own witness that's that's the, that's what god did for you and i know that it's working for other people because you're doing it with other people so um so thank you Amen. Yeah, Amen. yeah i'll say thank you as well and i want to invite people who are listening please to go and and look at his website again his name is steve bacorny the website it's it's freedom hyphen coaching.net and the name of his nonprofit is Freedom Coaching, Setting the Blind Free from Darkness. And some of the things on his website are the ability to set up an appointment with Steve so that he can give you counsel and help you to start that process of getting healing from uh, pornographic addictions. Uh, he's also a speaker, so he can come to your church or organization now i know we're in a pandemic right now so steve maybe you're not going out and doing many of those but he can do the virtual talks uh he's got videos and of course he is also the author of a book called redeemed vision which i'm pretty sure is on amazon so again redeemed vision steve bacorny and he also has a blog so you definitely want to check out his website for some uh very good information and you know Sowing Hope is a Catholic podcast. We don't uh, mince words there. And our tagline is it's uh, we're sowing hope into broken hearts. So with that in mind, I say that we're a Catholic podcast, but this podcast really is for anybody. I mean, Bill, you know, we've had people of a lot of different denominations of religions and non-religions. A lot of times people ask Bill and I, uh, who is your audience? And our, our answer to that is, 
uh, really just about anybody, but most of all, the people who who need to be healed, uh, those who do have a broken heart, because like I said, sowing hope into broken hearts. And I do think that the issue of pornography is about uh, people who have a broken heart because you're doing it for a reason. If you're listening uh, and you're addicted to pornography, uh, there's a reason that you do it. And it isn't just about entertainment. And Steve, I know you understand that very well. Um, I wondered if you could also talk about Steve, which you touched on a little bit, the Holy Eucharist, because there is a connection there. And I know that you wanted to touch on that as well. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So what is God's plan? God's plan for us is union communion. He wants marriage with us, right? The divine bridegroom comes to earth as a male to get up on the cross, which is not a bed of pleasure, but a bed of pain is nailed to it. He dies for it. And at the foot of the cross, imaging the bride is his blessed mother, right? And it's from there, and it's Fulton Sheen, pardon me of getting, getting very, uh, very frank here, he calls the, the blood and water that flows from his side the spiritual seminal fluid that births the church. Right there and then, the church is conceived and the birthday is at Pentecost, shall we say, right? And so there's a union there. And we find that in, in the Holy Eucharist, right, is the body, blood, soul, divinity, love liquefied, poured out for us so that we may live. This is, as I said before, the source and summit of our faith, right? And what God wants in that moment, he wants utter union with us. This is the deepest desires of our heart. Now, and this is that what happens there is, in, is imaged in the holy union of the holy sacrament of marriage, where husband, a husband initiates a gift to his bride. The bride receives all of her husband, gives herself back as a gift to her, her husband. He receives all of her in their total union. They open themselves up to a third. And nine months later, through grace, they may have to give that diaper-clad sleep enthusiast a name, right? I've done it twice. I know that uh, there's been others who have done this many more times than me, right? So this is a great grace that's given. And so what is happening in the great gift of that union between husband and wife is directly an image, but obviously way bigger and not, it's, it's way, this is where the analogy breaks down, but what happens in the reception of the Eucharist at, at Mass? Now, if there's a plan, God has a plan for union, communion, marriage, there's an enemy, evil one, or I like to say old hairy legs, who hates everything of God, who hates everything that, anything that would even touch on this. He hates you. He wants you away from God. He'll use anything to try to do this. And he'll take only what, take what is true, good, and beautiful and twist it and mar it. And this is what pornography is, right? There's a deep, there's something good in pornography. Why? There's a desire for something beautiful there. It's been twisted. The persons in those images or videos are beautiful but they're not being displayed beautifully. And because we're we are ultimately, um, we are meant for union, G.K. Chesterton said, every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is looking for God. We're looking for union, right? But as I like to say is, a good way to try to get yourself electrocuted is to try to give yourself completely to your computer. It's not gonna work, folks. It doesn't work. Don't do that, okay? So here's the deal. How does it connect to the Eucharist? How, we, how do we bring this home, right? Well. God wants total union with us. We as Catholics believe this is the source and summit. This is how we become one with him. If there's anything that gets in the way of our reception of this union, it is a form of spiritual contracepting. And thus, we do not bear forth life. Take a look at our parishes right now, right? Obviously, for many of us, we still don't have access to receiving the Eucharist. It's heartbreaking for many of us, and that's the, what we should feel. And I think this is what God is doing right now during this time of Wuhan or COVID or whatever you want to call it, right? It is um, it is this slowing us down so that our hearts grow fonder for this. And hopefully when this opens up, we have a much greater love and reverence for the Eucharist. I hope that's the case and we need to pray for that. But sadly, what has happened, what is this? This is last year or the year before, a survey came out of, of mass going Catholics, Roman Catholics, less than one third of them had a real belief in the true presence of Christ. And I think it has directly the fact that pornography is the number one sin confessed in the confessional. And why is this happening? Well, our priests don't preach on it. 
A good deal of priests, sadly, have been formed by the pornified culture, and they too have an issue with this. And I say to any priest, and I, I, I do call you out gently, but I also say, get your house in order, get healed from this, so you can be the fathers, the fathers we need you to be, right? The husbands and the fathers that you truly are as being in the image of the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, and preach like a house on fire. If you're, if you're hearing regular confessions and you're hearing the most common sins coming up, you don't have to call out people individually in your congregation, but you do need to talk about this until this issue is severely um, reduced, right? So here, we, what we Amen. have here is a bunch of people who are longing and looking for union have been looking and entering and giving their hearts over. It's a form of adultery through pornography. And thus, when they go to present themselves to the divine bridegroom, there's a block that's up here and they can't receive. And, Just like and contraception, pretty 100%. much. Yeah. 100%. It, it is. It, it is. We're not bearing fruit. Our churches are dying. Our our liturgies are ugly in many cases. The music is terrible. The homilies are terrible in many cases, right? They're not connected to reality. And and our people, and then, and then you have the other, other forms of corruption that we're seeing is going around here. Yeah. And I think God is clearing out a lot of that. God is always merciful to our last dying breaths, right? So we can't solve all the problems that are going in the church, but you can take care of your own house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What are you going to do in your house? Well, yeah. that that is uh, profound. And I just want to bring up uh, one other thing, and I know we are headed toward the end of the podcast. Um, there's another issue, though, I think, when you look behind the fact of who are these people who are uh, acting in these videos and uh, uh, portraying whatever they're portraying in these pornographic images. Um, and from what I understand, Steve, and you can correct me, but a lot of it does have to do with human trafficking too. 100%. And and that's another issue. I would think, I would think that if somebody knew that the person that you're watching could have been forced or there could have been uh, some other story that you don't know about as to how that person got there, why they're there, uh, that it would make you turn around and say, you know what, this is just downright wrong on top of the fact that it's ruining my relationship with God. Right. But the human trafficking aspect, I didn't know if you wanted to speak about that at all. Oh, I'd love to talk. I could talk about this one all day long. Um, I recommend to every single person listening to this, go to Amazon Prime if you got it or go to OURfilm.org. I'll put your email address in there. There's a movie called Operation Toussaint. Okay, it's T-O-U-S, Saint. Um, it's for Operation Underground Railroad. If you don't know this organization, okay, Tim Ballard and his whole team, he left a government, uh, cushy government uh, um position to start his own non-NGO uh, to fight human trafficking. They go around the world and bust up trafficking. And in that documentary talks about how the fact that every single one of the men that he has been a part of busts, every single one of them started with quote unquote normal pornography, then that doesn't become enough. Because again, if you're dealing with the brain chemicals, especially dopamine, the dopamine receptors shrink. It's not interesting enough. We need more. So they're going younger and younger. They get into nine, six years old, four years old. Okay. Mm, this is terrible. This is a stark reality. And as I said in the top of the podcast, right, the amount in just the Philippines, 264% since the start of the COVID um, restrictions, right, has it's exploded. And so this is a huge issue that needs to be addressed. And Thorn, uh, which is an advocacy group, and this is a, uh, years ago, uh, um, talked about how about one half of the those who are involved in trafficking are forced into doing some form of pornography. So we don't know if they're, they're we don't know if they're um, they're forced into this. We don't know where their status is. And also, let's be very real. You don't know if they're dead. The average of five performers die per year in the industry based on violence towards them, drug addiction, things like that. And so um, that's a little, uh, that's even worse if, well, it's all, it's all horrendous as we think about it. And it's just not a very practical thought when and if we can all go back to staying in hotels at some point. One of the best things you can do in a practical way to help, help uh, local authorities is simply take a picture of the room, especially the carpeting, because that can be, and send it to your local law enforcement and they can put that in the database so that when these videos come up or traffickers, they can find out where those rooms are and begin, begin to catch them. So it's a smart way to go. And I know one more point on this is 
again, God willing, movie theaters and things open up. There's a movie with Jim Caviezel of The Passion of the Christ many of us are familiar with. He is starring as Tim Ballard um, called uh, Sound of Freedom. I'm A trailer still has not dropped on this. I'm eagerly awaiting the trailer on this. Um, but I'm sure, obviously, I, I would be interested to see if they do um, bring up about pornography in there. But this is an all hands on deck thing. And so our... Uh, what we do in the privacy of our bedrooms really affects other people, right? And you do have the opportunity to fight against trafficking just yourself by learning to stop. So yeah, does everybody who gets into pornography get into trafficking? No, but let's get you completely out of the food chain so that your life changes forever so that you can go about and do the work that God has called you to do. Get out of the food chain. I like that. Mm-hmm. I wondered if you could leave us with, there might be somebody listening right now. I bet there is who it's just the fact of of being able to turn away from it. I invite whoever you are right now listening to get in touch with Steve at freedom-coaching.net. Steve McCorney, please get in touch with him. But could you leave that person with one or two bits of advice before we end? First one, you are loved. You are, you are not the sum total of your mistakes and failings, but you are a sum total of the Father's love for us. John Paul said many years ago um, in, in Toronto, World Youth Day, right? You, what, what wounds that you have opened up in your life, things that people have done to you, right? Um, they are not your identity. They do not define you. Um, it is not that you are unlovable. It is that you have not been loved enough or that you do not feel that, but run to the Father. He wants all of you. Second is learn to see. Learn how to see the body as God has created. Learn how to view the body, to see the body. Because it is from this, you can have all kinds of coping mechanisms, but if this transformation of your vision doesn't happen, then um, this will be a stumbling block for perhaps the rest of your life. But if you can learn how to see, to really see, to see the beauty and goodness of every woman and man that you encounter, what pornography is, is a weak, whimpering, whispering thing, to, to paraphrase C.S. Lewis, compared to desire set to full flourishing. And when you're living true integration of that desire, that's, that desire that God has planted in your sexuality, pornography loses its power completely. Mm-hmm. And because you're filled with genuine love and you're pursuing that. And that is, that is the, the greatest death worth pursuing. And it is what leads to eternal life. Awesome, Steve. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, for, thank for your you. Time that and, was beautiful. Oh, what a great guest, beautiful. Steve. Please come back. Please <laughs> come back. Yeah. So uh, again, folks, uh, very simply, uh, freedom-coaching.net is Steve's website. Uh, you know, again, uh, the Holy Spirit makes appointments. Whether you're listening to this on uh, on demand or listening to it live right now, uh, please. Um, Please go ahead and uh, reach out to Steve, and know that um, know that his uh, apostolate is there to help you and uh, break free from the chains of pornography uh, and and other sexual sin. Uh, it's just it's wonderful stuff. So so Steve, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for uh, being here and 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 really sharing your whole heart with our listeners. Uh, you know, it, being so transparent and so open and so um, and so incredible. So thank you so much. An honor, an honor, Bill and Ann, and uh, be assured of my prayers for you and all your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Steve. God bless you and your family and all of your friends and everyone who's listening. To everyone out there, please, uh, I, I invite you again to contact Steve, and thank you for being uh, part of our community of Sewing Hope Podcasts. Yes, well, uh, until next time from uh, both Anne and myself here at the Sewing Hope Podcast, tune in to us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, all those great uh, social media platforms. You'll uh, find some really great stuff throughout the week. Uh, But until next time, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sewing hope into broken hearts. I'm Bill Snyder. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.